Juan. It was a huge down. It was an enormous down. Yeah, it was a down. very, very big one. We got through it's it, though. It's not every day that he illegalized NFL betting happens, you know? <laughs> Here's what I would like. I already can't stand Jason Witten, and I want him to shut up. Like, why he got that job is beyond me. Maybe it's just me picking out things. You got to appreciate players that have, you know, quote, obviously the inside knowledge because the guy was just playing with these other players, you know, only months ago. But Jason Witten has already come out in two different instances talking about, in his, quote, opinion, the best, the landing spot, <laughs> the likely landing spot of Des Bryant. He's given two different ones, where one was the Packers, and that has been floated out there, and, you know, we get Roto-World reports. The other is the Saints, and he's saying, like, you know, in his knowledge, you know, these are two very likely situations, and both teams Jason are kind of denying it. Jason will not be an odds maker. That's no, sure. <laughs> no, he's horrible at the odds. And I'm already kind of sick of this because all the reports that are out there are already completely diminishing the whole process. There's so much Des Bryant, and Des Bryant is also being quoted about, you know, not being regretful about the Ravens situation. I'm so sick of Jason Witten, but because this has come up, I wonder and I ask, Joey, can start with you. Who do you like for Des Bryant and his fantasy value this year if he was a Saint or if he was a Packer? Uh, I'm going to say Packer because I actually just finished all the quarterback write-ups for the new Black Book. And going through there, you know, Aaron Rodgers another year older, so is Drew Brees. But Drew Brees had his worst statistical season ever as a Saint last year. And I think it's partially because of, obviously, the the shift in the offense towards favoring the running game because of what they've got right now. Even with Ingram on the suspension, it's still a shift in philosophy. So I think there's just less opportunity for him. Plus, Breeze always has that thing where it's just the open man and Breeze, will, Breeze has made everybody from Devery Henderson to Lance more useful at any given time. And it's incredibly <laughs> frustrating. Henderson. Right? I mean, uh. you know, you, I mean, those guys were classic waiver wire ads in the last 10 years where you'd add that guy after a big game and you do nothing and you drop him after a month and then he'd have another big game and you go, damn it, what the hell is wrong with you? So from a fantasy perspective – not having Jordy Nelson, which I know you kind of put in here note-wise too, that's kind of what they're missing in the offense is that home run hitter kind of guy. And I think Dez can still be that guy as long as he's not facing a, an elite corner because I don't want to hear anybody tell me that Dez Bryant is an elite wide receiver because elite wide receivers show up against elite corners and Dez Bryant never does, ever. So for me, that's the better of the two scenarios with Rodgers on the bounce back because Rodgers was not happy about Number one, firing of the quarterback coach. And number two, the way Jordy Nelson got let go. He's kind of pissy and moany right now. Maybe bringing him a weapon like Des Bryant kind of brings him down a notch, makes him calmer, makes him happy. Because we all know, God forbid, we want Aaron Rodgers unhappy. Bogman, does either of those places make him fantasy relevant? Like, more fantasy relevant. Like, I'm not talking like the standard, you know, maybe he's a wide receiver three that we're all kind of slamming. Does, does either one make him more relevant? No, I not at all. I, I actually hate both those situations. For him. <laughs> I, I do I would, too, but I chose because I played the game. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was asked again. a different Nobody question, the game Joe. <laughs> I was asked a different question, Joe. Can I answer my come on, question? Tr- come on, Triple H. Pl- pl- time to play the game. Can I answer my question, please? Laurel. All right, answer my question. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that like I, I would l- love to see him anywhere else. If I had to pick one of these two, I would pick the Packers too. It would piss me off because they just drafted three wide receivers. Yeah. I don't like. I don't understand why they would go and sign Dez after they just signed three wideouts. How about sign Dez before the draft and then only draft two of those or one of them? So it doesn't like Jason Witten is already making no sense. 
You know, I don't know why the Packers assigned him, and the Saints just went out and got Cameron Meredith. So why would they sign? Him I got You know, it's it's ironic. I, I agree with both Cardinals. of you. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I think that it would be the best situation, by the way. But I'm going to actually be the one. I kind of think the Saints would be a better situation. Ironically, I think I could see where he fits in Green Bay. But Green Bay just brought in Jimmy Graham. You still got Randall Cobb. You you got Devontae Adams, who is a uh, one of the biggest red zone targets going on right now. And I look at the pass-heavy offense in New Orleans, and I see double coverage of Michael Thomas all day long. Cameron Meredith could kind of play that slot. Des Bryant, actually, I think he's in a better situation in New Orleans because I think there is maybe one less target above him. So I actually would like him as a Saint. No, yeah. I mean, hell, you know, the the best spot, the true best spot for him, Dallas. You know <laughs> they don't have a goddamn wide receiver to really speak of. Oh, what a disaster that is. All right, third down, Bogman, you're up. I just want the rest of these stupid free agents to sign. I mean, I had uh, Dez on here, but how about DeMarco? How about a Terrence West is over there C-teasing all these teams, especially with these committees? He's like, oh, look, Terrence West is visiting the Broncos. Up, here fellas? he is to F all this up. Oh, look, here he is uh, visiting the Colts. I'm going to mess up this whole situation. Adrian Peterson says he's healthy. Brandon Marshall, Jeremy Macklin, Eric Decker are all still free agents. I just want these guys to get signed so I know whose job they're ruining. You know what I mean? Like, Great point. If DeMarco, <laughs> if DeMarco Murray signs with the Colts, I know he's ruined Marlon Mack. Like, it's over for Marlon Mack. You know what I mean? Well, Macklin's so, the guy on this list to me that has the biggest potential fantasy impact. I mean, Jeremy Macklin's a pretty darn good wide receiver, especially in the right scenario. Hasn't been for two years. I would say I, – I still think no, Brandon Marshall – I thought two years ago he, was, he wasn't that bad. It was an injury. I don't want to play it on him. And then last year was Joe Flacco, so I'm just going to blame Joe Flacco. I like that him. you wrote <laughs> Jamal Charles on here and you didn't say Jamal Charles. Well, I mean, Jamal Charles, I saw him training and stuff. Like, And, and it's, not that I think, <laughs> it's not that I think Jamal Charles would go up and F, and F up a situation. But it's if you get him himself. in a situation with uh, – you know, where there's very few running backs, where there's young running backs that make a mistake, he can still mess up a situation, too. He did it in Denver last year. So they, He should be in, uh, you know what, I'll call it right now, Jamal Charles to the Saints. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, great. let's go let's, let's Houston go through would it. be good. DeMarco Murray, where do you want to see him, or does he sign before before we kick off on week one? I just, uh, yes. He, he's he going to go to the Colts, so just do it. Just do get you think it he really goes to the Colts? I Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. I think he goes to the Dolphins. Uh, well, they just oh, signed Frank Gore, though. God, that's even more. Oh, annoying. I forgot yeah. about Frank Gore. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what that whole I situation is already up because they got Drake and Balage is making some noise, and they got stupid Frank Ooh, Gore. So how about that's this? Already how about Green Bay? Green Bay, yeah, dude, that's a that's, that's a the one. good spot for him Let's have to ruin everything, right? Yeah. Not, I heard I, that's where Jason Witten put him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely not going to happen. In his opinion. <laughs> All right, how about West? You think Terrence West finds a home week one? I think that's the um, I, I think, yeah, I think he'll wind up somewhere, but I'm thinking that Terrence West is going to sign as a pure backup. I don't think he's going to get much work behind Marlon Mack. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Jamal Charles is a no personally. How about you? Absolutely not. Yeah. Jamal Charles I, will sign after someone blows at their knee or, you know, maybe, maybe later in the season or something. He's, no, he'll never sign with it. He'll save, he's saving his legs for the F XFL. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't stay with Houston. Uh, Deontay Foreman's going to start on the pup, and like you said, Alfred Blue is worthless. So uh, get him behind Lamar Miller. Why not? Adrian Peterson, I think, is done too. I mean, I think he I signs. Know what, you think he signs before? There, there are rumors about him going back to New Orleans. 
Yeah, because of Mark Ingram, right? Yeah. I, I think he sure. signs. I think he's got another year or two in him, but it's going to be a disaster. No, I don't. I, it's certainly not fantasy wise. Decker's another guy I think is done. Brandon Marshall, I just don't think is. I don't think he's committed anymore. You know, I think he wants to play, but I think, I his think head if is- he signs, like if he signs, he's good to go. But if no one is looking for him, right, you you might be right. He might be out. So, all right, let's that. punt on a couple of these Packers. Head coach Mike McCarthy believes that Sean Kaiser would have been a first-round pick in this year's draft. Are you buying that nonsense, or is that just trying to make Deshaun Kaiser feel good about himself? Mm, that's nonsense. That's, I mean, that's not, crazy. not with the five guys that went in this draft. There's no way Deshaun Kaiser would have. What happen. an asinine that, comment, too. Why would the Browns have traded him and then took that? That's that's stupid. I, I You know what I hate? You know what the worst thing in, in football is, or maybe what sports? What do you hate, Welsh? Tell us. Oh, I hate a lot of things. <laughs> Where can we start Well, here? just today. What do you hate We're going to need the right full now. 360 to get through that. But <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag full 360. But I hate... The whole, like, going to defend my boys type of thing. Like, the, the coach speak about their players is one of the more unbelievable things at any time you can hear. The, the way coaches talk about these guys is like, you are so detached. You have no feasible way to detach yourself from your situation. Deshaun Kaiser would not be a first-round pick. I don't know if he would be a third-round pick this year. Oh, I definitely had a first-round pick. That's a bunch of nonsense. Also, Redskins uh, defensive back D'Angelo Hall retires after 14 seasons. Uh, a pretty good career, I would say, for Hall, and apparently he's uh, mulling over some TV jobs. So yet another guy over to TV. So that'll do it for the news and notes. Uh, I just feel old with that news, by the way, oh, Joe, yeah. because oh, oh, 14 years is a long I time. I remember watching him at Virginia Tech. That you were scary. just a boy then, Boggy. I, saw him, I saw him in, in the Insight Bowl at Chase Field. <laughs> yep. nice. I definitely watched him for Virginia Tech. So scary. Uh, that's what happens. Getting old sucks, my friend. Next thing you know, you're, you know, you're, as long you're as I to... can see all my colors, I'm good. Uh, great. Way, way, to, way to rub that in. Jerk. We're going to hit a break and I'm going to beat Bogman senseless. When you come back, we're going to talk about some coaches on the hot seat. You're listening to Full 60 right here on Fantrax Podcast Network. We'll be right back right after this. Beat that, Yanni. Full 60 Fantasy Football. Full 60 Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot Rap. I don't. What is Hot Rap? We just go stand on the other side, please. All right, all right, all right. So we're back and we're talking a little bit of coach speak, as Welsh like to put it, how much he hates coach speak. And we're coach speaking right now. And because we're still early in fantasy and, you know, we're still breaking stuff down. We got tons of stuff to get to. But I thought it'd be fun from a fantasy perspective because it's going to it's going to matter. You know, real football impacts fantasy football. Last time I checked out there for those people who don't quite always get that. Uh, But this is some uh, some fodder here to discuss about coaches on the hot seat. And how many wins they need to stay in their job. So it was kind of like a fun little game here. And I want to start with the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, Hugh Jackson, I mean, he's got nowhere to go but up. He's got one win in two years. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's not it's not exactly, you know, too much to ask for when you're one in 31. But let's put it to you this way with the expectations of the new quarterback and some of the things moving in those directions. How many wins does Hugh Jackson need this year? To keep his job, Bogman, let's start with you. Six. They got to go six and ten at least for him to keep his job, I think. I think they have to show significant improvement because now they've spent this draft capital on uh, a quarterback. Uh, They've improved their defense a lot. Um, They've they've got a running back who they think could be a possible franchise running back. So this needs to work, and it needs to work quick. You can't go – 
you can't go three and 13 and expect to keep your job and have four wins over three seasons. It's just not going to happen. You got to get to at least six and 10. Well, she thinks six and is enough. I mean, I think you're right in what you're saying, but because, and I'm going to take what you just said, because of the capital that they've spent, because of the complete redesign, I think it would be a huge, huge disaster, regardless of the record, for them to cut bait on Hugh Jackson. I think the only thing, so if I had to give you a number, I'd probably say it's only three. I think he wins three or four games. I know that sounds crazy, but I think it's going to be more about the the structure of of the team as a the whole quality it, of the losses yeah no kind of yeah like like are we gonna <laughs> see Baker Mayfield show any type of um you know maturation if he gets on the field does Josh Gordon you know keep with it he they could be hampered by injuries I think they have what they want and as much as we're putting him on the hot seat I really don't think he's on the hot seat if they win one or two games that's something they won't be able to come back from but Bogman is sound in it like. I think the expectation is this is like a seven to eight win team. So anything drastically under that, like three or f- I don't know, maybe even four could be a thing. But I think Hugh Jackson is there to stay. I get what you're saying. I mean, if if they're if it's a hard four to take a, a gambling term there, <laughs> get the hard mm-hmm. four there. Uh, I can understand them making the case for Hugh Jackson if things look like they're if it's feel good losses, so to speak, where you're competing <laughs> against some of the better teams. The I get story that. of Cleveland. Come right. On. Oh, oh yeah. come on. We didn't we we that that loss was a win. Uh, but I I'll kind of with you, Bogman. I think six was the number in my head as well that I thought. You know, was I just the- think the people in Cleveland will burn down the stadium if they win three games in Houston. Okay, how about this? Here, here, here's, here's a better yeah. way to put it. If that team is losing their ass off and Hugh Jackson refuses to bring in Baker Mayfield, they'll call for his head. What'll happen is if that team goes three and ten you know, or whatever it is, three and six, and it's not working out, people are going to want the adjustment. They're going to want to see Baker Mayfield. They're going to want to see more of Nick Chubb if both of those guys aren't playing. And that is where Hugh Jackson is going to be up against the fire. And the thing I hate where these coaches defend their players to the death, he's going to have to probably, and I think his his coaching job would be on the chopping block if he were going to just put his feet in the stand, st- sand and just only stick with Tyrod Taylor. I think that is where his job will be on the line. I played this game last year on On Target with Sealy where I said, what what week do you think or what's the record before Trubisky plays? So I, I was trying to think of what the record before <laughs> Baker Mayfield plays. And for me, I think it's two and four. I think if they're two and four, that's a part where you go, you know what? We, we've won two games. We could be in this. Two and four to me, six weeks into the season is enough to get Baker Mayfield, I think, in. How about you guys? You think you buy that that's the record to to get Baker Mayfield through the door? See to me that that's more about the the feel good losses. You know what I mean? Like if you're okay. if you're two and four and you lost two of them by three points, don't f with it. You know what I mean? That's kind of what the Bills did with Nate Peterman last year, and it just did not turn and out it to just be okay. Didn't work. Boy, hey, you yeah. want to see? You want to do? So, you want to play a game real quick? Let's look at the Browns' schedule, and maybe we can pinpoint the game that he comes in week oh, one. Oh yeah, let's do it. Week one it is game time. Steelers at the Browns. Steelers. Yeah. Yes. So that's a loss. Yes. Browns that's at the loss. Saints. That's a loss. Loss. That's a loss. We're 0 2. I think we might have done this already with the Browns, too. Jets at the Browns. That's a win. Win. I think so. Browns at the Raiders. This is going to be the key game. What I'm going to give them a W. <laughs> they, can, they, they can win that. I'm going to give you a I W, too. I think they too. can go in there and steal a game, and I think that'll be the press conference and all press conference. <laughs> We're 2 and 2 right now, then. Uh, we week are. five, Ravens at the Browns. Home game. 
We could be I three think, and two. I think Cleveland can win that. I what? don't know that they will, but they can. I think they can, but I think they won't. Okay, so then the, if we don't, that's two and three. Chargers at the Browns. They lose That's that. a loss. Okay, so now, now we're two, two and four. four. We're two and four. Next week, it's a road game at the Bucks. That's a perfect spot. Start them on the that, road. Not, that's a know. win. That, that, that's a winnable game for whoever's quarterback. I, I don't think they do it because it's on Where's the road. Where's the bye I, week for the Browns this year? Uh, I'm looking to see if I can... Pinpoint you know what's funny there. is I saw somebody tweet out uh, a thing about Tyrod Taylor and Tyrod Taylor has the lowest interception rate of the last three years and Ryan Fitzpatrick has the highest and Tyrod Taylor is the lowest wonderlick starting quarterback in the NFL and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the highest. Mm. I thought that was a pretty funny stat. Here, just we're talking about Tyrod Taylor. Here's so. one more thing I would just throw out here. I can't tell just based off of what Browns I'm looking are at. eleven, by the way. They're uh, week eleven, so oh, it's a okay. lo- so it's not a situation where you have that buy and then you could give them the extra week of prep for a team or something. Because like that. see, I think that week twelve would be perfect for for Baker Mayfield if they. I think that's ready. the secondary one. I think the first one is there for you right there with Tampa. And I think the next one would be week 12 where it would make sense. Well, because uh, the next week after the Bucks, they're at the Steelers. And then, so that's two games on the road. Then you're at home against the Chiefs, at home against the Falcons. That is a rough stretch. And then you're away at the Bengals, away at the Texans. You come back home against the Panthers. Uh, I mean, I just look at this and I, I don't. So if you're, so when we went through that little exercise there, you say two and four. I think it's going to be a lot more like, a, I think it's going to be like a two, a two and, Two and six is where Baker Mayfield is going to. How great would it be though to have Baker Mayfield making a start on the road in Pittsburgh? All of a sudden, that's like an. All of a sudden, that game's got eyes on it. That's Brady Quinn, man. That's you know that was actually in Cleveland, but Brady Quinn won his first start against Pittsburgh. So nice. All right, let's move on. Let's do Dirk Cotter, the Buccaneers. He's fired. Right. Dirk Cutter is 100% losing his job. What if job? he wins nine? I think he has to win nine games. He I think he has to win eleven. going to happen. He's going to get fired. I think, I, honestly, I think they have to win. It, this is a 10 or they got to win the division for him to keep his job. They, they got to make the playoffs. So it, it's in. Uh, there's just no way. Like I, I think what the Bucks are doing is they're trending up. They're going in the right direction. I just don't see them making the playoffs. So. You don't think eight wins keeps his job? No. No. I think Absolutely. I think nine wins, nine to ten wins could keep his job anything under he's gone and i think nine or ten is still a question i think this is a put up or shut up and if they don't see it uh, like a hundred percent guarantee if that team is like a six win team cutters out that's a guarantee. yeah uh, well i mean it's shocking that he wasn't out already but i i say nine wins regardless of playoffs he keeps his job for another year how about jay gruden of the redskins now he's got alex smith at quarterback for the next i don't know how many years because they paid him way too much money uh so i don't know how long we can have two grudens at once so <laughs> jay gruden in a tough spot here uh i'm gonna say this is another guy you know with the redskins track record i'm gonna say this is another nine win situation i don't know if he has to make the playoffs but i think he has to win I think he has to finish about 500. I don't know about mm. Jay Gruden because I think they really like him there. Like you don't you don't hear him in these rumors with everybody else. So I think people I want think Dan really, Snyder gone before they want Jay Gruden. Right, gone. right. You hear more. Well, we all know Dan Snyder wants everyone gone. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think that he he's okay as long as they don't win like three games. I, I think they would have to win like. They'd have to be like three and thirteen or four and twelve or something for him to get fired. They'd have to like really bottom out. Mm. All right, I got a hard well, time with that one. I got a really hard time with that one because I, I just think with what they're building, I think it, first off, I think it's be really hard for them to be a five win team. Like I'm saying that, like you know, with Alex Smith, game manager, they got a lot of offensive weapons. They spent some money. 
They're kind of redesigning it. I think six wins, he's fired. Division, yeah, it is a tough division. But that, see, that's why I think, I think eight and eight, he could stick around. I think they don't want to blow that thing up when you when you just made the acquisitions. That's fair. That you, you think did. he wins eight games and he can stick around with eight games? That's fair. But I even think if seven. If you buy could into the it. Giants being better and you buy into the Cowboys being better, yeah, but Eagles everybody's going to be better right now. Like every team just improved because the draft just happened. But I'd also oh, say every team improved. The Oakland Raiders didn't improve. I'd also well, say okay. that the Redskins. I'd say the Redskins <laughs> might look at this situation though too to say, okay, we might take a step backwards. But this division is not too far away from potentially um, being obtainable with, you know, the Giants are, you know, I know they brought in Saquon Barkley, but Eli Manning kind of coming down. The Cowboys might have a little bit of a rebuilding process. They might really see this as obtainable and Jay and Gruden to be the number one guy to get them there. So he, he actually might be untouchable. All right, fair enough. There you go. That's an answer. Our advanced Joseph right now all of a sudden has an opportunity in this division, and if the Broncos don't take advantage of it, uh, this is another one to me where I think nine is the number. If you don't win nine games, uh, I, I'm hard-pressed to see him coming back for another spot here. And not the case Keenum's the savior, but with the Chiefs making a transition, with the Raiders making transition, I, I know the Chargers are good and all, but... I think the Broncos kind of have to be more competitive than they were last year because they it wasn't a good product on the field. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think I think you're right. See, it's so interesting because a lot of these teams uh, we're, we're talking about here, I feel like they're kind of making these moves, and maybe this is just like the you know like my brain that's thinking like this would be a dumb mistake if you cut bait off of what you just did. But I think what the the Broncos are in a transition because if they were to win you know five or six games. You've got some old faces that can go away while you're still rebuilding. They may just want to blow it up so you can get it right. But you're right. With that defense and the game management with Case Keenum, anything less than eight is going to be a huge, huge target on uh, Vance Joseph. And, yeah, I think uh, I think nine wins might be that mark or two. Otherwise, he's going to be serious hot seat. Yeah, I think they made him fire all of his or a lot of his coordinators and stuff and bring in new people this year. So I That's feel like never a good sign. They want That's a good to point. keep Vance, though. So, like, they want to keep Vance. That's why they let him do this, you know, fire his coordinators. But that's usually, like, people. the one step before, like, wait, we're going to give you another chance, but you need to do this. And if it doesn't work right. again, they're going to be like, peace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could okay. you could definitely be right about that. I just, I, I feel like they want to keep him, but it's kind of one of those, like, I think he's already in or out. You know what I mean? Regardless of what happens. So, if they don't make the playoffs, I think he's probably definitely out. I, I think this decision is already made. I just don't know which way it is. So it probably he has to make the playoffs for to keep his job. And I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. They they should be much better though. All right, Adam Gase and the Dolphins. This is another tricky one. A lot of turnover on this roster for sure. Uh, look for me. I think there's another team that I think they actually have to go above nine wins. I think they have to win ten games for him to keep his job. I just think that they're. Uh, constantly in flux that organization and this is another time where I don't know I just I look at that team and I just don't see if they go eight and eight why Adam Gase is going to keep his job isn't it really nice to not have this problem Joe oh it's terrific it's just to have a coach for like a decade that's oh yeah it's an amazing thing or to have you know three coaches in 30 years what's it like to have never what's it like to have never hired Dennis Erickson guys because I wouldn't know (laughs) Well, I can't it say it's phenomenal like not to right. hire Carol. I can't say I can't answer that question. But. You know, I, here's what I would say with this team. I'll bet you Adam Gase is definitely one of the bigger and more popular names to be on the hot seat. 
And I think it's going to be, I think you're right. Like, you can't be sick. It's, it's over six wins. And I know that might seem a little, like, weird, you know, because, oh, you guys are just saying eight and eight. But this is a team that, like, they're in a really tough division. They have to show competitiveness. And they also have got to show that the, 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 the decisions they have made personnel-wise are on the improvement side. They brought in Kalen Balaj and Kenyon Drake. You've got to find your back. Devontae Parker has got to work out. They have to show improvement. If the record is seven and nine, but the team, sh- you know, like, like, look what the Niners just did. You know how the Niners were trash in the beginning of the season and then they just kind of, boom, at the, at the end of the year like that? If Adam Gase can stick around to week 12 if they're, if they're bad and then they can string off, you know, uh, three of the last four or, you know, maybe it's like four of the last five games of the season, I think he could save his job with an under 500 record. Anything less than that, though, I definitely think, I mean, they're going to move on. What do you I, think, Buck? The Dolphins are just one of those teams that they, they got to, like, they got to let it happen. You know what I mean? They got to let this guy stick around for a while and see what they have in him. Like, after Brady retires, let him build his own team. That's what a lot of these teams are missing. You know, I mean, that's why, uh, you know, teams like Pittsburgh and New England and, you know, Baltimore have had repeated success. They keep their guy around through the ups and the downs because they're kind of confident in the fact that this dude is going to turn it around. And, uh, you know, I I think that Adam Gase is a great offensive mind. Uh, is he a great head coach? I don't know, but you got to give him some time. You got to let him play in this division when Brady's out of it, I think. The problem is, when is Brady out of it? And the other problem is, Nobody has patience in the NFL. Speaking of lack of patience, well, John Harbaugh has been a terrific coach, but Ozzie Newsom is not going to be around anymore. And who knows? I mean, this could be a spot here where the Ravens have been disappointing for a while. That Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror for a long time now. I think the Ravens have to make the playoffs otherwise. And look, if John Harbaugh should ever get moved on, he'll have a next job tomorrow, as he should, because he's a damn good football coach. But maybe it's just time. Maybe it's just time for him and the Ravens to kind of part ways. And this might be the perfect opportunity as the front office is changing. So I say playoffs are bust for this team. Let me throw this one out, because this is Bogman's more wheelhouse. But let me throw this out and not give you a record. But if the Ravens go one for four, against the Bengals and Browns, he's gone. If he only pulls one off but, uh, between uh, the games against the Bengals and Ravens, like lose well, two to the, I'm sorry, the, I mean the Browns, I mean, not Browns, uh, lose two to the Browns and lose one to the Bengals, I think he's gone. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, if Marvin Lewis gets to keep his job, I think John Harbaugh well, gets to keep his job. He's got a <laughs> well, that's, Super Bowl. That's the perfect he's, one. How many, he, how many games does Marvin Lewis have, have it to doesn't win? Matter. He the stays. answer is it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah, he stays. It doesn't matter. I just think that... Harbaugh's built himself up enough. They've had enough playoff success, enough playoff wins. Uh, you know, he brought he brought the uh, the Ravens the Super Bowl. He was the first coach when they beat the Steelers in the playoffs. So uh, they're not. I don't think John Harbaugh's going anywhere. I think he's Baltimore. I don't know. I think that if they don't make the playoffs this year, this might be the time where they just take everything in a new direction. Speaking of new directions, the Jets. Todd Bowles. Nobody thought he would win as many games as they won last year. Now they got the quarterback. Now is their expectations, uh, and are those expectations realistic? I, I don't think that they are because it's New York, and New York expectations are rarely, rarely realistic. So I'm going to say for the, him to keep his job, he's got to win eight games, which I don't think is going to happen, and I don't think Todd Bowles is going to get a second year with Sam Darnold. He's gone. John, T- Todd Bowles is gone because 
the jet some giant coach will say that they're will they're up for an NFL job. You know, Jim Harbaugh or you know somebody coming out of college who is revered and respected will be you know looking at an NFL job, and New York will be willing to part with Todd Bowles to get. Oh God, that Harbaugh in New York with that media would be atrocious and yet amazing <laughs> at the same time. God, please let that happen, dear Lord, please let that happen because I'd love to watch that. That'd be so entertaining. How about you, Welsh? What does Todd Bowles have to do to keep his job? I think Bowles is gone. I just think he's gone. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know what eight to say. Games? He's still gone if he wins eight games. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I guess if they won eight games, they could stick around. I think the pressure of the media and stuff is just too much. Like, if there's a big name out there and they don't throw a ton of money at him, he's got to be gone. Here'd be my problem. I mean, I don't want to do it for here because we still have another segment to talk about. But, like, this would be one of those you almost need to look at their schedule because here's the problem with Todd Bowles. They go eight and eight, but I don't think he could survive. I don't think he can survive a one and seven start. Or a one and six start. I don't think he's going to survive that. Oh, if he gets off to a one and five or one and six, yeah, that that I could fired mid year. Yeah. I so I we'd have to look at a schedule and just be like, I I don't know if uh, how the the first half of that schedule looks and how obtainable it's going to be for him. His foot might be his foot is already kind of like one you know one foot out. So I'm I'm not sure. You go zero and five, they're going to be calling for his head. Uh, Jet schedule. Let's see. They open up at Detroit. Yeah, it's winnable, but I still right. say Detroit then wins. And at home against the Dolphins. Also, I think That's winnable. winnable. These are two winnable they, games. They, they can win those. Well, okay. And then they, we they're going to lose against Detroit. They're going to be at the Cleveland. We talked about that one being a loss. Yeah, but it's winnable. Lose. It's in the it, winnable. Those category. are three sure. winnable games. So if you go 0-3 in the beginning, your Jets season is over. See, that's a great point. See, I was actually looking at it like, wow, they might actually pull those in. But in how winnable those first three are, I mean, that could be they could be calling for his head. And well, the Browns and one that, would be the topper. to at Jacksonville. Then they're at home against the Broncos. Then at home against the Colts. You know, that could be 0-5. And after, that could easily be an 0-5 start and with three very winnable games in there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he, he could he could not come back from Jacksonville potentially, too, if they were on for like they might take that Jacksonville trip and then not come back. It's very possible. So we shall see. But it will be back because you can't get rid of us no matter how hard you try. Damn it. We're going to break. When we come back more full 60 talking a little schedule in fantasy when we come back right after this full 60 fantasy football. It not only quenches your thirst better. It tastes better too. Bull 16. Gatorade. Bull 16. All right, you can file this under provocative, but I, I don't know if provocative is good or provocative is bad. <laughs> I don't know if it would go in my provocative. I, I, I call it something different on my browser, but yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> Do you have the sound down? That's the folder, all. I want the know. folder's labeled very differently, but it's got headphones idea. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord. All right. So we're going to talk about this. Somebody wrote an article on SB Nation here, and the the article is about you know how to spice up some things in terms of NFL schedule. One of the ideas was to only have teams play their division rivals once. A season, So not the home and home kind of thing, but just once. And I thought about this for a little while and I went, well, that's kind of interesting because you really are putting a certain amount of weight on those games then and how much they really matter. And if you put them at the same time every year, how much they really matter. But then I, then I thought a little bit longer and I thought, well, that's kind of unfair to 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 bridge it out like that where you don't have a home <laughs> season every time. Of so course. 
Of course, Joe doesn't want to not play the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets twice a year. Well, of course I don't. Oh, God. I no. mean, look, I'm the same way. I like I'd playing like Cincinnati to, and Cleveland. I was going to say, who the hell are you to call you me know? kettle pot? I mean, what the hell is your problem? Can I pose a question on this? Uh-huh. You play the Browns every year. Yeah, go ahead, Welsh, please. Do we need to spice up the schedule? Who cares? No, who doesn't want to see Pittsburgh, Cincinnati twice? A I just year. like, why would we not want our rivals? I don't like in baseball, well, the, you want to see is, the Cubs oh, versus the Cardinals. The rivals more. Well, oh, but here's a great example. You want to use baseball. The, the whole Yankee Met thing was such a huge deal when you got to play the Yankees in the interleague play early on when that started happening. And it completely lost its luster, not because the Mets are crap, but because it was every year and it was home and home and it was and it just kind of got old after a while. But if you boil it down to just that one game of that one series, is there a case to be made for making those games even more important than they are now or even more playoff atmosphere like? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I like I like the way it is. Maybe I'm an old man with this, but I like playing well, those tough. Man. You remember D'Angelo Hall playing <laughs> when he was in Pop Warner. Right. And I was on the hot seat too long and I got some scrotus. But yeah. the um, I just think I like playing Baltimore twice a year. I like playing Cincinnati. I like developing those rivalries. Uh, with those teams year after year, you got to play everybody twice. I like that. Here's the only I, thing I would throw in because I think a lot of that is just like I don't know. I think it's just that's it's a lot of it's clickbait and how do we change this and that and the other thing. I it's think it's off season stuff. It's right. a lot more relevant in baseball. But here's what I would say if you wanted to spice anything up: have the back half of the season be rivalry games. How about that? How about the last, uh, last six month. games of the season? Or yeah, maybe this is the last month, the last month or last six that games I'm you play. Hundred percent on. Yeah, I, I think play all your right. your rivalry games at the end of the year. Because what you're doing basically is you're creating almost like a fictitious playoff format. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. You know what? That's a great way to look at it. It's it's just like college football. It's like maybe you play your worst game you first. You want a losing streak at the long wrong time there. Yeah, in you December. play the Bills to start the season, then you kind of build up a little bit, and then yeah, it's almost like a Pac-12 tournament type of thing you're playing at the end. If they could figure that out from a schedule standpoint i'd be all for that bogman I, I think that's i think closing it you know at closing at the end with the four rival the th- last three games being the rival teams i think that's a great way to shut things out and you could even do it the last uh you know six weeks where it's you know you if you're pittsburgh you play baltimore cincinnati cleveland baltimore cincinnati cleveland that's what i was saying you know? that's what i said the last the last yeah. six games of the year oh you're really going straight oh okay. yeah that's, yeah, that's, I that's what i said three games no wow. i said yeah, the last or six maybe games, maybe you bookend maybe you start with the rivals and with the rivals you know something like that or they could do local games like maybe pittsburgh has to play philly every year and uh houston has to play dallas every year so, something along those lines where it's more local you know where teams that you the chargers have to play the rams every single year you know an interesting interesting way to look at it even if they did the last four weeks you know the nfl you could literally create rivalry month the marketing that they could do it could be you know what what is the last month of the season usually like uh november December? December. Oh, okay, December. December. It's it's a rivalry month, and every single game is important because it's a division rival, well, and it's going to mean you something. Kick it off right on Thanksgiving weekend, practically. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's not a bad. That's, you could totally do it if you extend it out. As long out. as my team isn't playing on Thanksgiving or Christmas anymore. <laughs> that's the extent. That's the extent of like that I can be down or even have an idea of um, you know making the schedule provocative. Now that, but that is a provocative idea because I think. Why do we keep saying provocative? <laughs> because it's a very provocative word, goddammit. Because it's sexy, Bogman. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but the, uh, the whole idea is that everybody wants more NFL playoffs. And, and 
the difficulty of negotiating that with the players union and all that stuff going on, this is a unique opportunity to fictitiously build it in there for six weeks or however many weeks it is there. Even if you only did the last three, even if you just made the last three games all within division, that that would be a fantastically fun way to go about it because you are creating all of a sudden now there's an opportunity where a team hits the wrong patch at the wrong time and they could be on the outside looking in because of the fact that they're playing in the division. I see, see somebody has a decent idea and we make it better. That's what we do. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fact. That's as a, a fact. fantasy owner, as a fantasy owner too, when talking about the schedule, do you hate the London games? Do you like the London games? Does it, it matter to you? Hate it's it. Too early. How many it's times do you not have your lineup? Thirty in the morning. Yeah, you don't have your lineup. You don't have your For me, I love set. it because I like football all day, and I get the morning football. Yeah, which but I never we get, get on that every week. Yeah, but we already get, get? You're that. Spoiled. That's six thirty. You You're spoiled brats out there. That's what you are. It's too early. It's That's too way early. too early. Let, let's run it on American time, all right? This is American time. I hate when I wake up, and I wake up early. I got children. When I wake up, and I'm like, oh, there's kids, a game man. that's halfway through. Yeah, uh, that it's was the a problem. second quarter. What the hell? Yeah, I don't like that. And those games always suck anyway because uh, the, the field Jacksonville is Jacksonville and Miami. And, yeah, well, it's not awful. even that. I don't the even care about that. It's very frustrating from a, from a game planning standpoint as a fantasy owner or as a wager or whatever it is when you don't have any sort of home factor or home field thing there. Unless, of course, you're the Jacksonville Jaguars who own London. <laughs> Outside of that, it's kind of tough. I, I think I it's, hate, I, I despise it. Like, I, I'm okay with night London games. Let's do all those games night their time so they're more of a reasonable hour here in the states yeah i just it, it, you want to talk about like the schedule being oh cool and all this that and i just i don't it doesn't mean anything to me like we have we have army itl army our insider stuff we got guys from london they they kill for that stuff they love it it just it means nothing to me here like oh like every time i'll, I'll tell you every single time I'm like, oh, they're playing in London tomorrow. Like, Bogman will have to remind me. Like, I there's no buildup. They don't like they don't they, well, they it's build too frequent now. It's not special. Yeah, now but there's no so story. They don't build any story. I mean, maybe if you had Rivalry Week and you put it in London, I guess. But there's no story behind it. There's no meaning. They just put two random dumbass teams there and they play, <laughs> and then you're done with it. The most I ever and saw somebody was, loses a home game. That's the yeah. Re- that's the really. I bad think the thing. the most like rivalry one I ever saw was the Niners and Cardinals playing in Mexico. Like that's it, and and still even then, yeah. No, no. All right, one more question too. If you get rid of the two preseason games and you go to extended schedule, do you like the idea of the extra bye week? Because I personally do. If you go to a two bye week system, that yeah, I think is going I to think happen. They should already season. have it, but they got. I agree. It. I don't want I, I them adding the games. I don't want them adding games, but you. Can I don't want to add week. games either. But if they're going to do it, they have to have an extra. Have have to have what what, what is that going to be then? Is that going to be what seventeen games they play in a bye week or eighteen games in a bye week? Well, It'll look, eighteen I'm games all, in two bye weeks. What I want more than I anything an is I want Super Bowl week. weekend to always be President's Day weekend because to me that's the perfect thing because nobody likes to work. Put after it on Super Valentine's Bowl. Day so it ruins every <laughs> couple's life. No, but Super Bowl. Well, well no, but that, it's <laughs> perfect because Super Bowl. <laughs> if it's always that weekend, then you're you're going to always have that off weekend be Valentine's weekend, so that's fine. So, but it, it, it's a national holiday here in this country, for God's sakes. Let's put it on that weekend. It, it moves in perfectly, and you can bridge that gap too, where there's not a lot going on in sports before baseball really kicks in again. So I got an to idea. Me it's Let's yep. do this. We're gonna create a bowl system, and we're gonna call it the FBCS. <laughs> 
the you know the football <laughs> bowl series championship series sure and then we'll name that. each playoff game it's a totally original idea and it'll be lots of marketing dollars and then we'll hey, have I've the got one a main good one. name how about the rose ball oh no, see? i love it i love roses. maybe maybe a maybe flower. a fruit Maybe a pineapple. Oh, orange bowl. How about the orange bowl? Yeah. You guys like that one? That's a good one. We'll do that. That's how we'll uh, make football better again. The players will be there making about go. the same as they do in college. So We fixed it already. All right, let's do it. Two-minute drill time. Go. Full 60 fantasy football. Full 60. All right, so John Fox just joined ESPN as an analyst. <laughs> Oh my God! Give me a break! Wow! I mean, just because a guy coached or was in the NFL does not mean he needs to be an analyst. This need not happen. You know how Uh, horrible Steve Mariucci is. Like, oh, give me a break! I don't mind Mooch, but I don't mind Mooch. Has a weird voice. He talks like this anyway. I don't mind Mooch because he's always wrong, and I kind of love that about him. Like, no matter what he says, it's it's never right. (laughs) Just like his coaching (laughs) days. You. <laughs> yes, you know it. You know it. But I mean, you could set your watch to it. So whatever he says, you could just do the opposite. And if you're betting, you could bet on that. But I'm just curious, who are your favorite football analysts out there, announcers, whatever? Is there somebody where you're excited when they're on a game Mayock. or in a pregame? You like who? Mayock? My, Mayock is my absolute favorite. And I like He's Tony good. Romo. I know a lot of people, like, he was kind of hit, hit or miss for most people. But I really like the way Tony Romo breaks a game. Uh, you know, I started out, I was positive on Tony Romo, and then by the end I was like, nope, I can't do it anymore. And nope, he was very, very annoying during the playoffs. Very annoying. He just <laughs> he just had no idea, and he was calling things that weren't happening. And it's like, Tony, Tony, you need to calm down. I know you're excited. You've never seen the playoffs before. But still, you got to calm down a little bit. How about you, Welsh? You know, I, I want to say no. I don't have a single one. But I will tell you this. <laughs> I think a single one that you like. To no, listen but to I'm gonna, I'll give you one. Analyst. And this guy I used to hate, but the Scott resurgence Martin. of the ex- and the acceptance of what a douche he can be. I kind of like Joe Buck again. I kind of like Joe Buck again. I'm Brock so Meyer. Come full circle. I've come full I circle. He's ex- he's accepted his idiocy. Where he he goes embraces. On, yeah, he embraces it. Whether it was Barstool I still don't, or Brock Meyer, I like him. You know, I like Joe Buck calling baseball, but he sounds so bored when he's calling football. And it annoys me. It's like, have a little excitement, dude. He just, he's like, and uh, Green Bay scores. Jamal Williams, he's in there. Touchdown. He just (laughs) sounds like he would rather be anywhere else. It's annoying. Well, he's trying to do Pat Summerall, but only Pat Summerall can do that. You know, I love calling games, and he's a local guy who made good. Is Kevin Burkhart. I'm a big fan of Kevin Burkhart. He's a great play-by-play guy, and th- and that's an underrated skill nowadays out there, you know, where everybody just wants to chew the scenery and all that stuff. But Kevin Burkhart, I love when he was with John Lynch, and now Lynch obviously went uh, into the front office area. But, you know, Burkhart to me is one of those guys, if it's a Burkhart game, I go, oh, good, awesome. This is going to be fun to listen to. But uh, John Fox- is the worst. Spiro, I would rather listen to John Fox narrate my life than listen to Spiro Ditas call a game. And I get him once a year, every single year, because they stick him in the worst game for CBS every single year or every single week, and he gets Pittsburgh and Cleveland because nobody's watching Cleveland. <laughs> Best <laughs> announcer, Best announcer is the mute button, 100%. <laughs> Damn, girl. Wow. Oh, oh no, I got it. Bobby Minnering. No, I got He's the best the one. Who's the, who's the big-eared idiot? Siciliano. Siciliano. He's the best one on the Red Zone channel. Siciliano is great. Andrew's amazing. That is a tough gig, man. Working that Red Zone channel, that is a tough gig. He's the best. He is the best, and that is that is not an easy thing, man. Because they, you know, that they're talking in the earpiece. He's trying to go through the stats. He's trying to catch up on the things. 
And then there's five other things lined up that he's got to do right after that. That is that is an amazing thing to watch. And he's he seems like a very good dude also for my interactions with him. So uh, agree. G- good job there. Well done. See, we found somebody you like, Welsh. There you go. Look at that. Now, Only if, took if you like us, give us a five-star rate and review over on iTunes, please, for the love of God. Yeah. And uh, continue on with uh, pushing full 60 fantasy football up the charts where we belong. We're going to be right behind Ed Sheeran pretty soon, I'm pretty sure. Fingers crossed. You can follow us on Twitter at Bogman Sports, at Is It The Welsh, at Joe Pizapia17, and at Fantrax. And of course, if you move your league over to Fantrax, you will get a $5 free, that's right, free best ball entry. And if you're already there and you want to play some best ball, use the code FULL60 and you'll get a free $10 best ball entry. What's better than free? I don't know. Nothing. You could also check out the In This League podcast network as well for Bogman Welsh because nobody can ever get enough of those guys. Gentlemen, any parting shots before we head out? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, hey, In This League, you want to know something great we have over at In This League too? You like wrestling? You haven't talked about this. In This Ring, hosted by who? Joe Pizzapia. That's right. Go it's it's it a fun show. I got to say, me and Tim Heaney, it's it's an hour of us having fun talking about wrestling. And, and smartly smartly and stupidly at the same time which is <laughs> which is i think that's the yin and the yang you know because nothing's better than smart stupid that's what i think that would be your your click name smartly and stupidly i like that's it. very it's provocative <laughs> and it changes that's sure. oh, provocative. it changes per episode it's yeah is it is it laurel or uh or whatever laurel or hardy Yanni. whatever the hell the other one is Yanni. <laughs> God. all right kids we'll be back again on monday hope you enjoy this full 60 fantasy football is out peace 